0: This podcast is for general educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered medical, practice management, legal, investment, or other professional advice. No one should act or refrain from acting based on this podcast without obtaining appropriate professional advice.
1: I think one of the you know, sort of paradoxes of existing C. diff treatment is that we know that disrupting gut microbes is what causes vulnerability to C. diff infection because most patients get this when they're either you know, immunosuppressed or have taken antibiotics recently for uh, any number of reasons. Um, but then the treatment for C. diff has been antibiotics, so um, which is only further disrupting uh, the overall gut microbial milieu. Um, what's exciting about this work is that this says, well, maybe rather than just give patients more and more antibiotics and try to get rid of the bug, we can instead treat um, uh, the host response to the bug by targeting these very specific pathways.
2: Welcome to GastroBroadcast, I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Matthew. Today we are joined by Dr. Manakshi Rao and Dr. Min Dong of Boston Children's Hospital. Their study, which was recently published in Nature, suggests that two FDA-approved drugs can alter the body's own immune response to treat C. diff more effectively. Dr. Rao, Dr. Dong, welcome to Gastro Broadcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: We always like to start by getting to know our guests. Uh, Dr. Dong, how did you decide to pursue a career in research?
0: Well, that's, uh, that's a long way. So I, I was... Um, Always a science kid from a very young age, and then I finished uh, my uh, undergraduate study back in China and then come to U.S. like many other people uh, for graduate studies. As a very naive uh, graduate student, I was very fortunate to join a lab. uh, My mentor, uh, Dr. Edwin Chapman, uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison, he's a great guy, and really guided me and steered me uh, towards research Particularly, uh, I was started as a neuroscience uh, training program graduate, uh, graduate student uh, to study neuroscience. Uh, but my mentor really guided me towards uh, toxin research, which uh, really clicked with my interest. And uh, I did both my PhD study and graduate study in Addis Lab in Wisconsin Madison for 10 years. Uh, before I started my own lab at uh, Harvard Medical School and later Boston Children's uh, Hospital. So nowadays we study all kinds of toxins, uh, not, not just the botulinum neurotoxin, which I started my research, and uh, also C. difficile toxin, which is a pretty big uh, area in my lab, and many other toxins.
2: Very accomplished journey. <laughs> and Dr. Rao, when did you decide to become a physician, and how did you choose to become a
1: gastroenterologist? Um... Like Dr. Dong, I too had an interest from early on in science. Um, And as I approached college, um, I realized the two things I enjoyed the most were really service-oriented activities. And I was involved in a lot of community service. Um, But I also really loved hard science and solving hard scientific problems. I loved the challenge and the satisfaction of figuring something out. Um, And so sometime during that journey, I realized that um, being a physician scientist would be sort of an ideal job for me because it allows really combining those two things that I loved It allowed me to solve hard problems in the service of really advancing health and the well-being of patients. And how did you choose gastroenterology? in a bit of a circuitous way actually. I thought I loved neurobiology and I thought I was going to be a neurologist, but um, as I was drawn to medicine and particularly pediatric medicine, because I love the ability to really impact the health of children and families um, over the long term, um, I uh, was more and more clinically drawn to GI. Uh, I love the continuity of being able to follow patients long term, Um, The mix of um, different conditions and acuity um, and really the opportunity, I think um, digestive problems really impact quality of life um, and how people feel and what they're able to do day to day. And I love the opportunity and the challenge of being able to hopefully help people with those problems.
2: Yeah, I feel similarly. It's, It's a great area of medicine to practice in. Now, uh, let's turn our attention to your study. Um, So C. diff, of course, is the leading cause of GI infections in the U.S., and it can be very hard to treat because of antibiotic resistance and the potential to harm good gut bacteria. Dr. Rao, could you tell me a little bit more about what your study found? Sure.
1: I think one thing that's been known for a while is that, you know, The main ways that C. diff really causes problems in the human body are through the action of its toxins, TCDA and TCDB, um, uh, which are uh, what really wreak havoc um, and that non-toxigenic strains can be relatively well tolerated, suggesting that the toxins are really the problem. And Dr. Dong's lab um, has really done beautiful work identifying the receptors um, uh, that these toxins bind to, uh, in the digestive tract, um, the actual proteins um, that these toxins are binding to to cause their effects. And so when we looked to see which cells in the digestive tract uh, were expressing a lot of these receptors, we were really surprised to find that actually there were uh, large amounts of these receptors on two really key cell types that regulate blood flow to the colon. Um, So one cell type are pericytes. Um, These are important cell types that sort of wrap around blood vessels in the colon and help regulate uh, the leakiness or the permeability of uh, the blood vessels, uh, what gets in and what gets out. Um, And uh, also uh, neurons, so actual uh, nerve cells that are located both in the gut wall as well as outside of the gut, but that send projections into the gut. And these two populations of cells, these nerve endings as well as these pericytes seem to be really enriched for these receptors, um, which is what led us to wonder, well, maybe these toxins um, that Dr. Dong's lab had been studying for years um, and learned so much about, maybe they were actually directly binding uh, to these receptors on these two populations of cells, and that uh, receptor binding and subsequent uh, sort of cascade of events that happens inside these cells is really what drives the fulminant and sort of runaway inflammation that we see in C. difficile infection.
2: Yeah, I mean, this represents a completely novel approach to treating C. diff. It's really exciting. Um, I'm curious, so Dr. Dong, this study was done on mice. Of course, (laughs) we're not quite at a place where we're using this for (laughs) humans, Um, but tell me what you guys anticipate as far as next steps.
0: Well, we are very excited for the study, but as you said, uh, all of the, our study are done on mice models, mice model uh, of C. infections. Uh, there are all kinds of mouse models we were using. And there are, are no car mice that lacking certain receptors, uh, lacking certain um, disruption of certain uh, signaling pathways to validate uh, the effectiveness of our approach. But for the future, of course, we are very much hope that publication of this manuscript uh, would stimulate more interest uh, from the community in terms of uh, further exploring um, those discoveries onto um, uh, patients and uh, to uh, clinical settings. Uh, in the future, the clinical studies would be necessary to validate, to explore, uh, whether this would be an effective approach for treating patients of cystic infection.
2: Mm-hmm. And Dr. Rao, how do you think this research might ultimately be translated uh, into ways in which physicians may treat patients with C. diff?
1: Yeah, um, I think that some of the observations that we made are just that even small amounts of toxin can bind um, to nerve endings to really catalyze an inflammatory cascade that's difficult to stop. Um, And one of the really exciting things about these observations is that we can block the signaling pathways that are triggered by activation of these nerve endings. So when the toxin binds these nerve endings, it stimulates them to release a lot of what are called neuropeptides, um, which are basically peptide uh, signaling molecules that are released by these neurons that then um, recruit immune cells, affect blood flow, and uh, uh, cause massing a lot of swelling of the bowel wall, all of which is what's really driving both the symptoms and the pathogenesis of C. diff inspection. Um, And what's really exciting is that if you block these signaling pathways with small molecules or monoclonal antibodies, um, you can actually dramatically alleviate uh, the effects of the toxin as well as the pathogenesis of the infection itself in these rodent models. and so what we're enthusiastic about, as Dr. Dong mentioned, is that the there are already FDA-approved agents targeting these pathways for completely different indications. So there's a currently approved uh, anti-nausea medication called a prepotent uh, that targets a receptor for uh, one group of those peptides called Substance P. am mm-hmm. um, familiar. And, and then there have been... A Uh, a large number of uh, medications approved over the past five to six years um, that target CGRP, which is the other neuropeptide. Um, And those medications have all been approved for either the prevention uh, and or treatment of migraine headaches. Both classes of medication have found so far to be quite safe um, in patients uh, across a wide spectrum, offering, I think, a good opportunity to translate findings um, in preclinical models for C. diff uh, into uh, patients, human patients with C. diff, which really then means that we can move from findings in mice um, at the bench to clinical trials in human patients in a very rapid way. Um, And that's why we're excited to be talking with you today um, and really getting the word out on this story because we would love to recruit uh, colleagues in clinical research and in practice to really uh, hand the baton to, who'd be interested in carrying that baton to then uh, move um, these questions into uh, clinical trials.
2: Absolutely, this feels like an area that could be translated very rapidly and really approaches C. diff from such a different perspective. You know, I think historically, well, still, we treat C. diff as an infection, and this is treating it as an inflammation. Um, That's really exciting work.
1: And I think one of the, you know, sort of paradoxes of existing C. diff treatment is that we know that disrupting gut microbes is what causes vulnerability to C. diff infection because most patients get this when they're either, you know, immunosuppressed or have taken antibiotics recently for uh, any number of reasons. Um, but then the treatment for C. diff has been antibiotics, so, um, which is only further disrupting uh, the overall gut microbial milieu. Um, what's exciting about this work is that this says, well, maybe rather than just give patients more and more antibiotics and try to get rid of the bug, we can instead treat um, uh, the host response to the bug by targeting these very specific pathways.
2: Beautifully said. And I wanted to pivot a little bit and um, talk a little more about advice for uh, people who may want to follow in your career uh, paths. Dr. Dong, what advice do you have for young physicians who may be interested in pursuing a research career?
0: Well, for me, uh, you know, from my personal experience, I think uh, first and foremost is a scientific interest. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's so, so many different uh, interesting topics to study in science, uh, in medicine. Um, you got to find the one that really clicks with you, with your own personal interest for some reason. Uh, for me, and that is uh, really the toxin research. And once I find it, that's the, the time, really the the, the points that. Really stimulated my long-term interest of doing research uh, for uh, for me as a career. Um, a second, um, I think it's important to have a, a mentor. Uh, a mentorship is absolutely critical for uh, to grow as a scientist, uh, re- as a researcher. And for me, I'm, again, I, I'm very fortunate to have uh, my mentor Ed um, and. Uh, we have been, um, uh, he has been a wonderful mentor for me, and that has played an absolutely critical role in my um, in my career development.
2: And Dr. Rao, what advice might you have?
1: I think identifying great mentors is a really important one, whether it's in practice or research um, or whatever aspect of career development. Um, I think research is really what moves the needle forward in terms of advancing health and improving the ways we approach and treat disease and make people feel better. So I think for me, research and patient care are really intimately linked um, and inseparable. Um, and I think my other piece of advice would be to really just keep asking questions, um, things that don't make sense or thinking about how to do things better. Um, and. Uh, And that will always lead to new directions and um, new observations.
2: Yep. Stay curious. The world is a (laughs) complex and interesting place. (laughs) (laughs) And um, where can our listeners find out more about your work?
0: Well, we have a, a website. And, you know, you, um, you know if anyone interested in learning more about what we do, we actually are working on quite a broad range of toxins. Many of them are actually impacting GI tract: shikotoxins uh, uh, cholera toxins, and those are those are a few others that cause GI problems. Uh, we also work on botulinum neurotoxins, which has uh, you know, applications uh, for treating GI diseases as well as many other indications. Uh, so, um, we have a lab website. The, uh, it's a uh, uh, Dong Lab, so it's D O N G L A B dot uh, hms uh, dot harvard dot edu. And anybody uh, interested, they are welcome to check out our research uh, there.
1: Similarly, uh, I would invite anyone who is interested in learning more to visit our website as well. It's very similar raoulab dot So, R-A-O-L-A-B dot hms dot harvard dot edu. Um, The goal of our research program in my lab is really to understand why uh, the digestive tract, unlike most other organs, has such a complex nervous system um, and hundreds of millions of neurons and glial cells embedded right within its walls. Um, And our sort of long term goal is really to be able to identify cells and signaling pathways that we might be able to modulate in these circuits to improve digestive health. Um, I think this story is hopefully a good example of that, um, that we can move from, you know, the findings at the bench to eventually um, treating patients.
2: Dr. Rao, Dr. Dong, thank you so much for the work you're doing. Thank you for coming and sharing that with us. We really appreciate you joining us on Gastro Broadcast.
0: Well, thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Matthew.
0: Thank you for listening to the Gastro Broadcast. Find new episodes through Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. For information about our hosts, guests, and supporters, visit gastrobroadcast.com.
2: Produced by Steadfast Collaborative.